Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trading the Stock Market. And this is going to be an interesting podcast episode today. I'm not taking an email. We'll keep doing that next week. But this is a topic that I've been brewing on, I'd say, for a solid month. And the title of this episode is called Be a Joe Buck. Now, you guys may know exactly who I'm talking about if you're a sports fan right out of the gate. Now, the extended version of this podcast is Be a Joe Buck, not a Chris Collins now, what do I mean by that? Well, these are two different announcers in the NFL, and they couldn't be more different in terms of how they approach talking about the game, doing the color commentary, the play-by-play. In fact, Chris Collinsworth is considered a color commentary, while Joe Buck is a play-by-play analyst. Now, you see Joe Buck. He's in the World Series doing announcing at times. He's done the NFL, but he's not a fan of the game. I mean, he likes talking about it. He likes doing the announcing, but he sees it as a job. He sees it as something that he's paid to do. He's not a homer for any one specific football team. Sure, he enjoys the game, but he doesn't care who wins or who loses. He really doesn't. He doesn't pull for teams. He is about as unbiased of an announcer for sporting events as it gets. But you want to know what he is? He's really good at his job. I mean, if there's one person that I could choose to do the play-by-play for a NFL game for my Miami Dolphins, it would be Joe Buck. But now, on the other hand, you got Chris Collinsworth. And I got to tell you, he's probably one of the most annoying announcers of all time. This is the guy that's always saying about every single player of the game, boy, Al, I got to tell you, this guy's really special. He's just really going to be a Hall of Famer one day. I mean, there's just nobody that can do it like he does. And then the next game, or even the next play, Somebody does the exact same thing. He's like, boy, Al, can't tell you how special this guy is. Everybody's special. Everybody's the next great Hall of Famer. I mean, you know what would give Chris Collinsworth a great name? If he sees a play and says, boy, Al, I got to tell you, this player really sucks. I mean, he just really blows. I've seen a lot of players in my time. This guy might rank the lowest on the totem pole. I mean, he should just quit now. He should retire. But no, you'll never see that. He'll just tell you how great every single player is. And I got to tell you, if I was in the NFL, I'd probably want Chris Collinsworth talking about me too. But if you're a fan of the game, if you're watching it, he kind of gets annoying because you can't really take anything he says serious because he thinks everybody's great. He's kind of like the Jim Cramer of stocks, right? I mean, if he calls somebody special, the guy's probably going to blow out an ACL the next week or have to quit from the game because he just got cut the next week by the football team that he plays for. So we got Joe Buck and we got Chris Collinsworth. But what am I drinking for this podcast? I am actually drinking an old-fashioned with Evan Williams bottled in bond. Now, I've done this one before. I gave it a 9.5. It's such a solid drink that, you know what? I wasn't in the mood to try a new one tonight. I just wanted to drink my good old old old-fashioned. So to remind those who don't know how I make my old-fashioned, it's really good. First off, you got to put six dashes of that angeristic bitters. I never know how you actually say that, but it's like the little yellow jar at Total Wine. You can't miss it. It's everywhere. You can find it at your grocery store usually too. So I do six dashes of that. Then I do two dashes of orange bitters. But then I measure out three-eighths of an ounce of simple syrup. 
and I put it in there. Then I poured two ounces of the Evan Williams bottled and bond. Then I stir it up, throw the ice cube in there, and you got to make sure it's a good size square ice cube. Yeah, you can use the rounded ice cubes too, but I typically go for the square ice cube. Then I get a good cherry. You can pick out a lot of different cherries. It really goes based off of your personal taste. I use those Amarina cherries. Again, I don't even know if I'm saying that one right. I've not been known for pronunciating words correctly, especially difficult words. So don't hate on me for mispronunciating some of these words. But anyways, these Amarina cherries, you can find them on Amazon. They're really good. And then I just get a peeler and then I just peel off some of the skin of the orange and I rub it around the rim and then I express it by just simply like squeezing it all above the old fashioned. So it is really good. That's what I'm drinking. Unbelievable. Now, back to Joe Buck and Chris Collinsworth. Now, funny story. Chris Collinsworth is actually from where I live. He's from the space coast of Florida. So that's kind of a cool thing. But still, annoying as can be. And continuing on the topic of Chris Collinsworth, I think a lot of people find themselves in the Chris Collinsworth camp. You may not talk glowingly in an open forum about the stocks like Chris Collinsworth does the football players. And like Chris Collinsworth, he falls in love with the players just like you fall in love with the stocks. Is that a healthy thing to do? No, because it's going to let you down. Football players let me down all the time. Geez, you should try being a Miami Dolphins fan for the past 40 plus years. It'll let you down every time. And it's the same way with stocks. If you become too much of a fanboy of the stocks, if you fall in love with them, they'll let you down. They'll let you down at earnings. They'll let you down at the most inopportune times and cost you a lot of money. But now Joe Buck, he doesn't care who becomes the greatest quarterback of all time. He doesn't care who becomes the greatest running back or the linebacker or the safety. He doesn't care what team wins. He doesn't fall in love with the players. He doesn't fall in love with the teams. He doesn't root for anybody. And as traders, we got to have a similar approach. It's not about Apple going up. It's not about Amazon going up. It's about managing risk. It's about managing our trades and calling it as we see it. You've ever heard of that expression? I, I know I've been around people in the past. And it's like, I just call it as I see it. I just say what I think, you know, and uh, but that call it as I see it thing. I, I've always found that expression kind of annoying because I don't know. It's just annoying. But in stocks, we got to have more of that attitude. It's like, look, this stock is not doing well. I'm not going to continue to hold it. Look, this stock just hit my stop loss. I'm getting out of this trade. This stock is not worth getting into. I'm not going to buy it. Even if you like the stock. And there's a lot of stocks that I like from a personal standpoint. I love Square. I love Tesla. I love Spotify. I love Shopify. I think they're all great companies. Does that mean that I need to swing trade them because I like them? Or if I get into one of them, that I can't sell it because it kind of invalidates my feelings for the stock? No. Instead, if I happen to get into one of those stocks, I have to treat it like it's a company I could care less about. And that's what being a Joe Buck in our trading is like. It's not caring about the actual stock, but trading based off of what we see. He calls the game as he sees it. We have to trade as we see it. We get these hopes and we get these dreams and we get these feelings of excitement and we think that it has to play out in that stock. Just like Chris Collinsworth thinks that it has to play out in the football player. But when we do that, we're making ourselves emotionally tied to the stock. And we can't do that because emotions is what the market thrives on, what it uses against us to cause us to lose money, to lose our capital. The moment we become emotional about our stock, that's the moment where we're going to start losing and lose in a big way. But when you can back off of the trades, even if you're in the trade, but you can take a step back and say, hey, this trade setup, this chart is not good. This trade setup, this chart, that one's pretty good. I'll get into that one, but I'm not going to get into that other one. This one follows my strategy. This one doesn't. And if you don't care if it's the most boring stock, let's say it's Dollar Tree. And the other one, it's Trader's Desk, TTD. Two completely different stocks. Yeah, TTD is usually a more exciting trade. 
it's the one that Chris Collins was like, boy, yeah, that stock is really amazing. It's going to be something one day. But Dollar Tree, it might go up 10%, but boy, that never seems like an exciting stock to get into, does it? Sometimes it only moves up like 1% or 2% in a given month. But if you get the right trade set up, it might move 10%. Or waste management, WM. Nobody likes trading those things. Those are boring. But they still make moves. They still can make you money. Unlike a lot of the tech stocks out there, especially this year, where they can lose you a lot of money. Some of the more boring stocks, Northrop Grumman, Eli Lilly. Look at those stocks. Those stocks are doing amazing this year. They're not necessarily the stocks you fall in love with. but Boy, they're doing pretty darn good. But if you were taking an approach to trading like a Chris Collinsworth, you might be buying PayPal. You might be buying Hood, H-O-O-D. You might be buying some of these stocks at the worst possible times. And I know I'm, I'm preaching at you guys, but I've done this in the past myself. I've believed in a market direction. And what did I find myself doing? Every time it dipped, I would see a move on a five-minute chart. It's like, oh, that's it. That's the bottom. I got to buy into it right now. And then I would lose more money because the market kept on dipping. Every time I'd buy the dip, the market kept on dipping. And why was that? Because I was being a Chris Collinsworth. Boy, Al, I got to tell you, there's no... When I'm talking about Al, I'm talking about Al Michaels because he used to be paired up with him in the booth for a long time. But, but it would be like me saying, boy, boy, Al, I, I can't see this market going any lower. I got to buy it here. And then you buy it and it keeps going lower. Boy, I got to tell you, I got to buy it here because the market's going back to all-time highs. And then it keeps going lower. 52-week lows. Another contrast is that Joe Buck doesn't have expectations. Chris Collinsworth is doing nothing but exerting expectations on these players. They're the next Hall of Famer. They're the next Pro Bowler. They're the next All-Pro. We do that with our stocks. Oh, this is a two-bagger right here. This is a 10-bagger. Oh, this is the next Apple. This is the next Amazon. How many of those have actually turned out to be the next Apple or Amazon? Probably none of them. But we're setting expectations that they're going to be something great. Whereas the best thing we can do is not have any expectations at all. Just focus on the risk. Focus on managing it. If the profits come, that's great. But let me tell you, when I go into my trades, I expect every trade I make to lose. I'm kind of a sourpuss when it comes to my trading. Half of the trades I take, I don't even want to take them. But I know that I should take them. And usually the most profitable trades are the ones that I don't want to take. Sometimes I'm in a bad mood about some of the trades that I take because I don't want to take them. But there was a time where I traded like a Chris Collinsworth. There wasn't a market dip that I didn't like. That when I, I was wrong on the first initial buy, I felt like I needed that revenge, that I needed to get back in there and show that I was right. And when we start trading in a way that makes us think that we have to be right about it, market's going to kill us for that. My other thing that I always love, I'm on this Facebook group, and oh my gosh, I don't even know how I got on it, but I'm in it. And the things that people say, like the stock market's going up tomorrow because I'm speaking it into existence. And the egos and the, the beliefs that pe these people are the greatest because they've been trading for two months. I think the market's going up. I think the market's going down. What do you think? I don't know. Day to day, I never know what the market's going to do. I have inklings. I have beliefs, perhaps. But do I act on those? No, I just follow the charts. What are the charts telling me? Because the FOMC statement came out this past week. And I can tell you, I thought they would probably try to juice the markets. Did I trade with that belief? No. In fact, I got out of my long positions before it because... That's what the charts were telling me to do. And it was the right move because the markets tanked the rest of the day. And it was a massive sell-off, like a 100-point sell-off on the S&P 500 that I was able to save about 4% in gains as a result on my position. But that just shows you what the market does. It doesn't do exactly what you think or if you think you can speak it into existence. Let me tell you another thing. Quit blaming market makers, man. I don't even know what the heck those are anymore. I mean, everything's electronically traded. But we still want to blame the whales and the market makers and the big money. Why not just blame it on being a bad trader at times? 
there's times where I'm a bad trader. There's times where I make bad trades and I don't blame anybody except myself. And you, that's what you got to do as a trader. Quit thinking that somebody really cares about your 15 shares in Amazon, that they're going to try and stop you out of it. They're not. They don't care about that stuff. Just focus on your trading. You're going to have losing trades. And just because you have a losing trade doesn't mean that you're now a certifiable, horrible trader. No, you're only a certifiable, horrible trader if you don't manage the risk. Because as a good trader, you're going to have bad trades. It's just a matter of fact. And I'm getting a little bit sidetracked. <laughs> On this, but I've just seen a lot of it this week, especially with the FOMC. It's where it always comes out like, oh, they're just going to try to run the stops here. And they always talk about they. Like, who the freak is they? Like, who is it? Is it this like council, the special council of they's that get together and say, hey, we're going to run the market up and then we're going to run it back down and we're going to screw everybody over. We're going to take all their shares. We're going to steal their shares. We're going to gobble them up. No, you just made a bad trade. You had a losing trade. And sometimes, I don't even know if I would call it a bad trade. As long as you're managing the risk and you're following your trading plan, it's not a bad trade. It's just a losing trade. But you know what will help? Swing trade in the stockmarket.com. Yes, I'm plugging my service in here for the podcast. It's where you get all my stock market research each and every day. I send out multiple videos each day. I send out my watch lists of stocks that I'm watching each day, as well as updates on the market overall and all the big tech stocks. It's really cool. And you actually support the podcast when you join. So check that out. It's a crap ton of good information. All right. So let's wrap this one up. Let's summarize kind of what we've talked about here. First, we compared and contrasted Joe Buck and Chris Collinsworth, two completely different announcers. Couldn't get any more different. But as traders, we want to be more like the Joe Buck that doesn't really care about the outcome of a stock but the market does, if it goes higher or lower, we need to just simply trade what the market is telling us, what the charts are telling us. Follow the play-by-play of the market. And don't be a Chris Collinsworth that just thinks every trade that we get into is special, that it's the next great trade, that it's the next Amazon or the next Apple, that somehow you're getting in at the ground floor of something that's going to be life-changing. We got to make sure that we're not necessarily believing in stocks, but believe in the strategy that we're employing of managing the risk and maximizing the profits. That means not falling in love with your stocks and not being determined to to find the market bottoms and market tops and to get your revenge on the market when you get stopped out of the trade by immediately getting back into the trade. Yes, there will be times, and I've done it this year even, where I'll get back into a trade after I've been stopped out. But the only reason why I do it is because there is a new trade set up there for me to take advantage of. And I've done pretty good at that this year. Perfect? No. But I'm not going to get back into it unless there's a valid trade set up there for me to get back into. And if you enjoyed this podcast, well, I hope you appreciated my ranting today because this was something more, probably more therapeutic for me than anything else. I needed to get it off of my chest. I needed to tell you guys what I thought about some of the traders' approaches to the market. And I feel like there's a lot of people listening to the show today that probably share in that approach where they're being more of a Chris Collinsworth than a Joe Buck in their trading. And I wanted to really just hammer home that belief that we've got to get away from being a fanboy of stocks. So if you liked everything you heard, make sure to... Leave me a five-star review on the platform, man. I really do appreciate those. And keep sending me your emails, ryan at shareplanner.com. And make sure to sign up for swingtradingthestockmarket.com. Thank you, guys, and God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the SharePlanner trading block, where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to shareplanner.com slash trading block. That's www.shareplanner.com slash trading block. And follow me on SharePlanner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at brian at shareplanner.com. 
All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon. 